This is Truth Pop Unplugged. It's another episode of Truth Pop Unplugged where we dig in and give you a Catholic take on the church's teachings and what it's all about, your Catholic faith, answering those deep questions that you're seeking. Uh, if you struggle with vocational discernment, you know, trying to figure out what is your calling, what are you here for, it's a common anxiety. And I think along with that anxiety that you may face is just being afraid to share the faith in general. Two common fears, I think, for young Catholics who are really trying to live out their faith. So you're not alone in that. I once had the chance to talk to Monsignor Shea. Uh, he's the president of University of Mary in Bismarck, North Dakota. And I talked to him through an interview with Relevant Radio and Focus uh, just about his own journey, about his own vocational discernment, and some advice that he has for you. Monsignor, you're at University of Mary. You're the president there. How did you, first of all, discern your vocation to the priesthood? And after that, how did you end up at University of Mary? Yeah, well, that's a very long story, but the, <laughs> the, sh the short answer is that God is tremendously good. Yeah, You know, I, I grew up in, in, a, in a devout Catholic family. Uh, my parents taught, I'm the oldest of eight children, and my parents taught me and my brothers, and then my little sister. There are seven boys in a row and one little girl at the end. But uh, my parents taught us uh, to love God. Uh, they taught us the importance of Holy Mass hmm. and the Rosary and uh, the, the saints and the angels all around us. And they introduced us to a life of faith. And then when I was growing up, um, the, the priests who were in our home parish were members of the Congregation of the Precious Blood, the Precious Blood Fathers. And they were great priests, and, and they, uh, they, they loved God, and they were happy, and they were good to us kids, and, and I wanted to be like them. Hmm. And it wasn't much more dramatic than that in a certain sense. At a certain point, to me, that I would at least go to seminary, you know what I mean? And, sure. And give God that shot. And, and so I did. Um, after two years, I was in, in college for a couple of years, and then I entered seminary at Catholic University in Washington, D.C. I did my philosophy studies there, and I just fell in love with it. I loved studying hmm. philosophy. I, I loved, um, you know, daily mass and the praying of the divine office. And, and uh, you know, I loved God, and I wanted more people to love him, too. And so then I went and I did my theological studies in Rome at the Pontifical North American College and studied at the Gregorian and, and Lateran universities over there, and then came back and was ordained a, a priest uh, in 2002. Hmm. for the Diocese of Bismarck. And then I became a high school teacher. I lived and worked in parishes, but I spent uh, almost all of uh, my early years uh, as a high school teacher, where I fell more deeply in love every day with the great work of Catholic education and the, 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 <laughs> the great treasure that it is. Hmm. And uh, then um, my predecessor, uh, Sister Thomas Welder, who was president of the University of Mary for 31 years, uh, was struggling with some health issues, and the board of directors of the university was looking uh, for someone who they believed uh, could um, could carry forward our Catholic identity uh, as a university in a strong and a vibrant way. I was underqualified in just about every single way. I was 33 years old hmm. at the time. Uh, but I did know this. I loved Catholic education, and I had a lot of energy back then. <laughs> I think maybe more even uh, than I do now, you know, a few years later. But I, um, uh, that's how I became president of the University of Mary, and I've been at it ever since. I think it's been 11 years uh, now. And so uh, that's a little bit about, about the story of how sure. I came uh, to the university. 
Well, I love that saying, Monsignor, that when we make plans, God laughs, right? And That's right. Yeah. <laughs> we have absolutely no idea. But there's so many young people who may be listening to this conversation right now, and maybe not, they're not exactly laughing. They're crying, and they're anxious, and they're freaking out about God's plan for their future, and they have absolutely no idea what the next step is to take. So what advice would you have for those, particularly those who might be thinking about a religious vocation, and they're not quite sure what to do? Right. Well, so you're right in putting your finger, Jake, on the fact that a lot of people experience tremendous anxiety around vocational discernment, mm-hmm. especially serious, young, earnest Catholics. They they sometimes work themselves up into into a deep sweat, into quite a lather, you yep, know, about yep. it. So why don't we why don't we talk just first for one one second about the laughter of God? Mm-hmm. You know, we make plans, God laughs. Yeah, it's important for us to understand that that's not a cackle. <laughs> that's not <laughs> exactly. A, kind of, it's not a, a malicious or exactly I, I tricked you kind of laugh. Right. It's it's the laugh uh, that that comes from a profound knowledge and a deep abiding affection and love. Yeah. God is a good father. And he created us, as Cardinal Newman, St. John Henry Newman, said he created us for a definite purpose, to render him some service, and he's given us talents that correspond to that service, uh, that mission in life that he hasn't given to anybody else. And so, as a result, uh, life is not something of our own creation. It's an adventure which is set for us, which we're meant to discover. But here's here's what I've found to be the most effective insight around vocations to sort of drain all of that anxiety, mm-hmm. that uh, pr- profound a- anguish out of the question. I think that sometimes people fixate too much on the the sort of absolute question, is God calling me to the religious life, to the priesthood, to be a missionary uh, in some faraway jungle? Is God calling me to that? And discernment, in that sense, can can become so flooded with self-concern and anxiety that Mm -hmm. we really can't hear it. I don't think that that's a useless question. I think it's it's a fundamental question. I don't think it's the first question. Hmm. The first question, Jake, I think, in respect to vocational discernment, is this one. If God called me, would I go? Hmm. I think that that question stands at the foundation. It's deeper, and it's more liberating. It's also harder to answer, genuinely, yeah. but it's, it's, it's not as uh, fraught with, um, with sort of knives on every side. Sure. If God called me, would I go? It takes a deep searching uh, to know that. In other words, is this is another way of saying, is my life really available to God? Yeah. <laughs> and do I really have the generosity of heart and soul really to be a disciple? If we can't answer that question, yes. If we can't say, yes, if God called me, I would go. I would go. With all my heart, yes. If if we can't say that, then we're not ready for the question, is God yeah. calling me to be a priest? Is God calling me to be, to be a sister? Be, because that'll always be a block for us. Uh, the surrender, the abandonment to God's loving divine providence comes first, and after that, then he's able really to get to work, get to work with us. And so that's my advice. Ask that question. If God called me, would... And if you can answer it fully and freely, uh, then start asking questions about vocational discernment. But don't get um, sort of reversed, because that'll only cause you... Sure. Well, and aside from that anxiety, Monsignor, I, I think there's also just a general anxiety of sharing the faith on college, because college campuses can be such a vicious place. I mean, I'm sure the University of Mary is an exception to the rule, but, you know, if you go to a state campus, a lot of people are not so keen on the Catholic faith. 
And if there's a young person, um, you know, they might have focus on their campus, but they might still be kind of scared to evangelize and they might be scared to really give God that yes to earnestly live out their faith. So many of them just feeling alone, feeling like they're isolated and that they're the only ones who take their faith seriously. What sort of hope would you give to that young person right now who's in that situation? Well, it's an interesting thing because uh, the dynamics of the spiritual life and the courage and bravery that Christ calls us to aren't easy to come by in any age. And in our age, maybe they're they're a little bit more difficult than usual uh, for the reasons that you say on on college campuses. There's a stern anti-narrative uh, to the gospel, uh, which is trying to cancel it out, uh, yeah. and which is um, shouting all kinds of other messages about what human happiness and fulfillment mean. I think sometimes about uh, Gary Theraldson, uh, who is North Dakota's only billionaire. Hmm. He, our our business school at uh, the University of Mary is, is named for him. And you're, you're asking, well, what does a billionaire have to do with this question? <laughs> well, I'll tell you. He, he's, he's, I think, one of the nation's largest builders of hotels. And huh. He's been very successful. But he told me once that as a young man, he was a school teacher and he was selling insurance on the side. And he, 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 he told me about how he would go up to the door of a house uh, to make an insurance call and knock on the door, and deep, deep down inside of him, <laughs> hmm. he was hoping maybe they wouldn't answer the door. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he was wishing that they weren't at home. And yeah. I think all of us uh, can put our finger on that kind of experience. Absolutely. Uh, that, that's, that's a, it's, it's a kind of fear, a kind of mediocrity within us, uh, which is meant to be overcome by the love of Christ. It's, it's a wound. When we're talking not about insurance, but we're talking about something like the gospel, then we have to be really sure. I, you know, I have to fundraise a lot in mm-hmm. my work. H- how do you ask people for money? That's not an easy thing to no, do. No, it is not. Well, t- I'll tell you how you do it. You have to believe that you're helping a mission, but you're huh. also helping them. You see what I mean? In other words, uh, it's not like you're, you're, you're messing up their life or imposing upon them or whatever. Yeah, yeah. They need to give as much as you need to receive in that respect, in terms, of, in terms of development. Now, we believe that we don't just have a good cause as Catholics. We have the best cause, the greatest cause, and the cause which holds the key to everlasting happiness in life. And so living that vibrantly and joyfully uh, and not allowing ourselves to be self-enclosed, I think, is important. But then also, and this is what focus is, is so amazing at, focus intentionally using the method of the Master equips young people to be able to share their faith. Hmm. And that's not something which comes naturally to us. Jesus did it with his apostles. He, he, spent, he spent three years with them, carefully forming them, carefully teaching them, and then, of course, after the resurrection, filling them, them with the Holy Spirit such that they could go out to all the world. And we're all in need of that kind of formation as well, and we, we shouldn't forget it. And so uh, that, that's what I would say. I'd, I'd say that, um, that, that the formation that we receive, the formation that Seek 21 and Focus as an organization offers to the Church, offers to the world, especially to young people, is tremendously important in terms of uh, uh, obtaining that confidence necessary to go out and to spread the Gospel. Monsignor James Shea giving some uh, very practical words of wisdom, some great advice, and he is the president of the University of Mary. And uh, Monsignor, can you tell me about some of the exciting things happening at your university, and, and how can people learn more about University of Mary if they are interested? 
Arizona is one of our great and exciting endeavors. Mary College at ASU is a domestic exchange program hmm. where students from our main campus are able to go down and study at Arizona State University and also take Catholic studies classes at the, the, lar- at the largest public university in the country. And ASU students as well take Catholic studies students from the University of Mary down there in Arizona. It's an extraordinary endeavor. So that's an exciting thing. Uh, and people can find more about that at Mary dot college. We're a very, very pro-life campus, top-notch in that respect. I I think it'd be hard to find a more pro-life campus anywhere, Um, and uh, our students are very fervent and faithful. Wow, yeah. We say the University of Mary for life. And then another great thing uh, that we've been doing here lately is uh, we have a project called Prime Matters, and you can find that at primematters.com. Primematters.com is an amazing um, endeavor because what we've done is we've put there a vast resource of the Catholic Imaginative Vision and really the work that our Catholic Studies Department uh, does at the University of Mary at Prime Matters. And so that's a great thing. And if people just want to hear about the University of Mary or learn about it in general, you can go to cometomary.com, cometomary.com or to catholicprofessional.life, where we have a lot of great online programs for the working Catholic professional. That's more information than you wanted, Jake. But no, I, I love it. For a long time. I love it. And hearing about a university that's so pro-life, that is absolutely needed in our culture today. So again, that's cometomary.com, correct? That's right. Just a little bit of the interview with Monsignor James Shea, University of Mary, and thanks to uh, Relevant Radio and Focus, the premier podcast for that conversation there. And I just, I hope that, uh, you know, that conversation encourages you to, to be bold. You know, like, it's so hard sometimes because if you're on a college campus, you feel like you're in the lion's den, right? Like, so many people who just don't believe what you believe. And I know for me, I think one thing that I kind of, I guess I sort of bought the lie to some degree that I was the only one. I was the only one who wanted to be Catholic. And I went through a period of time where I like really started to, to doubt my faith. And I, I thought, well, maybe it'd be easier if I just fit in and, and just kind of blend in and just say, okay, fine. Like I, I, I don't accept everything the church teaches on marriage and life. And I mean, I, I think I knew deep down in my heart that truth is truth, right? That, you can't deny truth, just like you can't deny that that's a chair or that two plus two equals four. You know, it, it's very tempting to, to just go along with the flow of culture and to say, well, yeah, okay, you know, I'll, I'll bend the truth just a little bit. I'll, I'll be willing to just uh, maybe slide things here and there, but it, it's kind of a slippery slope. You know, I think if we are able to bend the truth in one area of our lives, there's really no telling how far it'll go and how far we can really stray from our faith once we allow that seed of relativism to get into our hearts. So I just want to encourage you that you're not alone. There are so many young people who care about the faith and you're connected to a community here at Truth Pop, people who breathe Catholicism just like you do. And maybe you want to grow deeper. You're also in that community here that's going to encourage you because none of us have it figured out. <laughs> I don't have it figured out. We're just on that journey of life together, just encouraging one another. And hopefully that support system for you. So just know you can always reach out to me if you ever want to talk or if you need some encouragement. Just hit us up on our socials at Truth Pop. 
and, you know, connect with your local Newman Center or your focus ministry on your college campus, people who are walking the walk with you, because it's so important that we don't walk through this alone. And just that we know that we are following truth, not as an idea, but truth as a person, that Jesus is truth and that he's with you. He's encouraging you. He's standing by you. And those times where you feel like you're mocked for your faith or that you're canceled, Jesus was canceled too. He, he received the ultimate cancellation on the cross. And so I, I think it's time that we take up our crosses too, that we be willing to be canceled for our faith and know that it is worth it. Know that there is life after this. And that one day you can be told by Jesus himself, well done, my good and faithful servant. This is Truth Pop Unplugged.